Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or welcome to the show if this is your first time listening. We are going to be talking with a really amazing guest today. All of the guests are amazing, but this is going to be a very good interview. She's going to be talking about the challenges that come with running a business as a woman of color while breaking cultural traditions. She's also going to talk a little bit about managing your business with a chronic illness, because I know many of the listeners are dealing with chronic illnesses as well. So I think it's really helpful to hear from other people here, different perspectives, people going through the same thing. And in her business, she is a PR coach and publicist who focuses on helping creative entrepreneurs fulfill their full potential to become global industry leaders, which I love. So please, please welcome to the show, Lillian Sue. Lillian, welcome. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. I'm happy to be here. You are so welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. So let's take a step back and can you just share some more about your background and what led you to start your business? Sure. Yeah, I am um, a first generation Chinese born Canadian and I started my entrepreneurship journey actually sort of accidentally. What happened was I was in the middle of my university degree and I was doing a work experience program and I said, you know, um, okay, here's the thing. No one's going to hire me if they don't know what I can do. So from there, I started just figuring, trying to find opportunities to build my portfolio. I started out on the copywriting and social media side in the mid 2000s, trying to build my portfolio and get experience. And from there, it just kind of led to me running my business uh, because I wanted to build that experience to continue to get more projects. And I got started in publicity because I had a lot of clients come into me and asking me, Hey, do you offer that as a service? And I got tired of telling people no. Um, so I started doing that and it gradually also transitioned into the PR coaching side because a lot of the folks that were interested in PR would come to me and say, I would love to hire you to do a campaign for me, but I can't afford it. So I looked at it and I'm like, there has to be a better way that to reach these amazing entrepreneurs than just me 
simply being a service provider. So how do I bridge that gap? And I said, well, let's look at education. I've been in this line of work for a long time now. I've been in business for myself for almost 15 years. And uh, how do I go about educating people? And coaching came about as a middle ground between having having myself do the campaigns for them versus them taking my course, which I also have. Um, And coaching is the more uh, like personalized, hands-on, I'm on there with them on calls, helping them brainstorm things, giving them resources that'll help them answer questions on like, hey, I'm stuck on what to put in my media kit, or, you know, I'm spending time trying to find the right media to contact and I'm not getting anywhere. Can you help me out of that rut? So it's really blossomed into this incredible business where I feel like at every step of the way, whether my clients want me to be more hands-on or they're looking for more personalized guidance, or they actually want an actual course to help them learn how to build the whole thing out. I'm with them every step of the way. And the greatest gift in my business is when I'm talking to a client and I see that light bulb moment and they go, oh, I've never thought of that before. Thanks for, you know, bringing that to my attention. Cause like it, I had no idea this even existed. And for me, that's the most rewarding thing to help them realize what they're capable of doing so long as they have the right strategy and to also help them um, be able to bust past those mindset blocks that are keeping them from moving forward, you know, keeping them from recognizing and realizing their full potentials because they believe that they don't have enough experience, they don't have enough knowledge or, or their audience isn't big enough, right? I really work with them to kind of bust past that to see that you are just as capable as anybody else. It's just a matter of owning that, embracing that, celebrating that and allowing yourself to move forward with the confidence that, hey, I can build this and I can launch this. I'm sitting over here shaking my head so furiously. (laughs) If anybody's watching the video, you're like, I'm just, I can't stop shaking my head because I fully agree with all of that. There's something really special when you shift from a service provider role into a mentorship coaching role that like that light bulb moment that you mentioned, that's such a special moment and watching it happen with all of your clients. It's just, it's I for me, and it sounds like for you too, it's the most fulfilling thing that I can experience. And I mean, that just shows that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? Which is Mm -hmm. so incredible. And I actually have a PR background as well. I worked at a PR agency for five years in corporate. And I can just tell everybody listening right now, PR is not easy to do on your own. It It is a lot of work. And I think And correct me if I'm wrong, people tend to downplay how much work it is. They're like, oh, I'll just throw together a list of podcasts that I'm going to pitch myself onto. And then they just send a templated email off and just assume they're going to get on the show when you and I both know it's much more than that. There's a lot more that goes into it, including the logistics, but also the mindset as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's also... Um, the other thing I see a lot is a lot of people are sit- always say that, you know, um, I don't qualify for it. 
I don't need it because I'm not doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, here's the thing. It can work for everybody. It's just a matter of how do you make that work and figuring out um, ways to do that because not everybody who launches a PR campaign is a major celebrity, number one. And number two, what I also see is that like people are like, oh, I don't need one unless I'm launching something or if I'm not doing anything interesting, I don't need one. And it's like, well, the crux of public relations is to not sit there until you have something interesting. It's how do I make what I'm already doing sound interesting? and compelling enough for somebody to go, hey, I'd love to interview you or, hey, we'd love to have you, you know, present a, a seminar or whatever it is, right? So that that's really the key. I find that a lot of people still have trouble sort of wrapping their heads around. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I can't tell you how many clients have said the same thing to me. They're like, well, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to be on XYZ podcast. Why not? Just, just do it. You have everything that you need right now. Um, okay, I do want to dive into the topic just a little bit. Um, so I want to start with the cultural traditions part of this discussion. And I would love for you to start by sharing everybody um, the culture that you are immersed in, and then also those traditions that you mentioned that you had broken and how that kind of felt for you and how you have, I guess, overcome any challenges along with that? Sure. Yeah. As I mentioned before, I'm a first generation Chinese born Canadian. My parents are immigrants from uh, Guangzhou, from Southern China. Um, And although they've been in Canada for a number of years, there is a very set way of looking at careers and how you make money. The framework that I grew up in and that they modeled for myself and my brother was that you go to the university, you get the degree, you, you know, get out and you get that one job that you will stay in for 20 to 30 years. You'll collect the pension and, and that's it. In, in their minds, what mattered above everything else was financial stability. Um, there was no thought in either of their minds about things like burnout, about, you know, am I actually being challenged or happy doing this? You know, what, how much vacation time am I getting? Am I being valued? Um, is my health being valued in terms of sick days and things like that? There was no, no discussion of any of that sort of thing. And that's how they lived their lives from before I was born to when they both retired. And so we didn't have any sort of entrepreneurship uh, role model to look after, look, uh, look up to at all. My brother also found himself, my older brother found himself pushed into a, a, that because as a chiropractor in Seattle, he was only, he could only do so much working for other chiropractors. So he made the decision to buy his own practice. And it was through him that I really caught a glimpse, even though we're in very different fields, what it takes to really 
learn how to run a business, to manage things like, you know, what happens when, you know, your invoices aren't being filled when you need them filled? How do you manage overhead? Um, how do you go about looking for credible help from people who have the same mindset as you, they are like-minded, they're willing to put in the work and they understand where you're coming from. And I went through a lot of pitfalls, both of us have, because, you know, my parents don't understand the entrepreneurship world. To them, we are giving up what seems like guaranteed stability to go out and do something else. Well, as luck would have it, when I started building my business, that was right around the time um, the recession hit too, when I was going through work experience um, in university and cutting my teeth that way. Everyone was tightening their bottom lines where they could have hired somebody full-time for marketing. They decided, hey, I'm just going to do it myself to save money. So from an external standpoint, you know, I'm faced with services and, and uh, companies and other agencies and everything. Everybody was tightening their belts and closing their doors. And it's like, how do I find these opportunities, right? How do I go about looking? And, and for me, the word that became really clear to me, particularly for the early days of my business was tenacity. In the early days to try and find projects, I was on the phone and emailing 40, 50 companies a day, just seeing who's out there, who can I network with and build relationships with and understanding that doing this type of work is not overnight. It's about the long haul. It's about, hey, how do I build these relationships and continue to nurture these relationships as I look for more paying clients? And uh, a lot of it really came down to, you know, when I made the switch to change from a, a service provider to more of a coaching aspect at that time, I was getting burned out. I wasn't enjoying just sort of waiting for people to realize that they needed PR, that they needed social media or whatever it is, and, and just sitting there, right? Because the, that, at that time, it's like, you know, if we're talking about service, most people will automatically look at what the price tag is and not what the value is, where, uh, you know, what the process is, whether or not we truly gel together as a team. And that's how I see myself and my clients. We are a team working together towards the common goal to get your project and your brand up and off the ground. That's what we do. And when I was going through all of this and recognizing that, hey, I'm burnt out, I'm not doing what I need to do to present myself the best in the best way possible, I need to change that. 
And that was the other thing that I came to the realization about is that, you know, there was no talk about mindset and mental health in my household, particularly as it came to careers. Whatever happened, we were just taught to grin and bear it. You move past it, it's done, what have you, right? Just move on to the next thing. And the more I did that, the more I realized how damaging it was because not only did I feel like I was stuck mentally and emotionally, I didn't feel like I had the tools, the skills, the resources, or the support on how to move forward the best way possible. Um, I had sought out both mental health and career counseling to try and get a grasp of, you know, where am I going? What am I doing? And I came to the realization that ultimately, while those two things are helpful, they are addressing the symptoms of the larger issue. They're not getting to the root cause. So how do I get to the root cause? By working on my mindset. I've been working with my mindset coach for over a year and she really helped me break through mental barriers I don't think I even knew I had because for so many years I looked at my business as okay people outside until they contact me they don't need to know about me they don't need to know who I am what they need to know is the results I can get people so the results that I can get my clients should be able to speak for themselves, should be able to stand on their own, own merit. And I manage my business for years that way, manage my business for years that way and did not get the growth that I wanted, started burning out mentally and was literally just, my mindset was all wrong. I was stressed out. I was uh, honestly desperate and not always cognizant about taking on the best projects because of that. And one of the things my mindset coach had me change my perspectives on was, wait a minute, instead of just thinking people don't need to know more about you, what is the harm in putting yourself out there more? in getting out there and actually talking to people and letting them know more about what it is that you do and why you do it and how you do it. Because if you want, you know, your clients to understand the mindset around PR, you can't very well do that if you don't have your own mindset in order. And when she said that, like I had my own light bulb moment, because it's like, what am I afraid of when it comes to putting myself out there like that? What, like people aren't going to respond or that people are going to come to me and all they care about is the price tag of my services? If that's the case, then they're not the right people for me to work with as it is. And when I, when I came to that realization, Stephanie, my, like my whole outlook on, on business and my career and, and why I do what I just totally changed because then it became a question of how, you know, 
what can I do to bring the joy back into my business? Bring, bring the, the energy back into my business, which is also tied into the chronic illness piece, which we'll touch on. But, you know, what can I do to really embrace the positives of entrepreneurship instead of working myself to the bone? And we had a long discussion and major reframing of the question of control. And that came up quite a bit because control has been a running theme uh, in my culture and in my family, right? They put you, traditionally, they put you in this box and you are supposed to go out there and, and work for 20 to 30 years, get that pension. You are supposed to be a homeowner. You are supposed to, you know, have kids. You are supposed to do all of these things according to cultural tradition. And that includes um, doing certain jobs. For my parents, they always, always really pushed us towards uh, working for the government. Here it would be uh, federally, so for the Canadian federal government or provincially for the government in BC. And they pushed us towards that because that was my dad's route. And he did, you know, 30 years, got a pension, retired. And for me, I wanted to figure out in my business, having grown up with that, having felt like I wasn't in control of how things were going, how do I take the control back into my business by relinquishing it? And that sounds really weird. But what I found myself doing a lot of, which also, you know, played into my chronic illness flaring up, was that I worried constantly about how people would respond, where the money was coming from, whether or not I was, you know, actually connecting with the right people. And then I took a step back in working with my mindset coach and, and she went, how would it feel if you gave up worrying about that lack of control, what would that feel like? And so I tried it. I started putting stuff out there and, and not obsessively checking to see who responded to it and when. And you know what? People naturally started responding. They started engaging. They started asking me questions, booking appointments, you know, and, and I made sure to let them know that, hey, if you need help, I'm here. I'm here to answer your questions. I'm here to get you through all of this. And it became so much more freeing because now I'm actually reaching the right people. So in relinquishing my obsessiveness over that lack of control, all of a sudden I have the freedom to control what I can. And now my motto on a daily basis is, if I've done everything to the best of my ability for today, that's a win. I'm good. I've had a great day. And, you know, all of these. Yeah, I this see is amazing. You agree. Yeah, you you have been saying so many incredible things. So I'm just going to pause for a second so that we can we can chat about it, because I I've just noticed so many parallels to our stories, the 
need for control. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I can 100% relate to that. And so can so many of the listeners, but also my mom was the same way as your parents. Like she's been at the same company for 37 years and she should retire by now, but she's still not retiring because of that security, that safety, right? So I can completely relate to all of that. And I also love how you uh, were talking about, I have some notes here that I'm looking at, the um, subconscious barriers that have been like hiding in our minds that we don't even realize. And they're affecting our day to day, which is, and until you work through it, until you do that mindset work, it's almost impossible to even know where it's all coming from. Um, I do have one question though. Once you made this switch, and I guess it's for you and your brother, technically, since you both are entrepreneurs, how did your parents react to that? Uh, well, they weren't happy. And there was a lot of um, headbutting, particularly in the early days. And it just became about, you know, you don't have to like it. But hey, I'm not living under your roof anymore. And I'm not asking you for money. So that is a bound for me, that is a boundary that, you know, I don't cross with them. If they ask how how work is going, I, I tell them it's it's fine. Outside of that, we we just don't talk because there's so many elements of that that they don't relate to, that they don't understand the mindset piece. They don't understand the mental health piece. And they also uh, don't necessarily equate what had been happening with my chronic illness with the mindset piece either. I do um, want you to dive into that um, now as well, like how the chronic illness, how that flared up and how you believe it started, if you don't mind sharing that, of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's, I first got diagnosed about, um, seven and a half, eight years ago now. And, uh, that actually flared up as really, really bad heartburn, or at least I thought it was really bad heartburn. And at one point, and at that time, it wasn't like I was, um, doing anything different in terms of what I was eating or how I was sleeping, but I was wedding planning. At, at that time. And finances were definitely tight for us. So I started getting these flare ups where it, it hurt so bad that it felt like somebody was squeezing my rib cage. Um, oh my gosh, and, that's and, awful. And when, yeah. So the first time we had to go to the hospital and like I got scans and everything else, and it came out that it's what's known as dyspepsia. And what can bring that on among other things um, in, in regards to diet and, and when you eat and everything is stress and anxiety. So those are two really, really key things that I feel, um, or I used to feel quite regularly, you know, in running my own business, which meant like my sleep was affected. I didn't feel like I had a ton of energy during the day when I was awake and uh, when things got really stressful, when I started to internalize things like, uh, you know, a not so great experience with a client or, you know, somebody randomly emails me and, and tries to get me to lower my prices, like things like that. The more of those types of things I started to internalize, the more flare ups I would have. And usually what would happen is with the flare ups is I'd be fine for most of the day. And then 
I could go to sleep maybe for a couple hours and then 1130 midnight 1am hits and I get hit with a really bad flare up of the dyspepsia to the point where I'm losing hours of sleep. And that's the worst thing that you could be doing. Right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like literally the next day I'm just a zombie because I can't, you know, I can't function. And, uh, you know, I, I've, it's been controlled with, you know, dietary supplements from my naturopathic daughter, doctor that I take on a regular basis. But most importantly, in changing my mindset the way I have, I mean, I used to get flare-ups maybe once every other month. Now it's a couple times a year. That's amazing. So it's, I mean, it, it it's, hasn't gone away completely, but it's much easier to control because now even when I have um, stressful situations, I will turn on a, a meditation track or a hypnosis track that my, my mindset coach created for me and put that on. And it reminds me of how to deal with these types of situations in a healthier way, which includes asking myself, you know, did you want to like work with this person to begin with? Or in the case of a client, have you done everything to the best of your ability that you knew how to do at that time? If the answer to that first question is no, and the answer to the second question is yes, then why are you stressing? Because they're, you know, just let it go. Um, and I've learned a lot more in the past couple of years as well to do a better job of recognizing where other people are at too. Because I think in, once you start, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for a yeah. second. I think once you start to do that inner work, do the mindset work, it just kind of naturally happens where you start to see things happening in other people as well. And you can support them on their journey that they will eventually be going down because we all go <laughs> down that journey, whether we want to or not, it eventually happens. But sorry, go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And the other part of it too, that I'm much better at recognizing now is that in the old days, um, whatever happened would trigger me and I would stew in it for hours, if not days, depending on how badly I had inflated the situation in my head. Now I look at something and I recognize I'm like, oh, that triggered me. Okay. Why did it trigger me? And can I, you know, can I just let that go? Because it's not that big of a deal in the, in the scheme of things. And it makes it so much easier because now, you know, something happens and I'm able to let it go within a few minutes because I recognize where the other person is coming from or where they're at. And I recognize where I'm at and why I feel triggered. Whereas before I would just step into it and be stewing for days and, you know, lose sleep, have the illness flare up and just not, not enjoy life, you know? Oh, I can completely relate to that. I was very similar to you. I would lash out at my husband. If we were having a conversation about something, if he said one thing that triggered me, I would lash out on him and it would be a days long argument for no reason. <laughs> but now, like you said, I'm able to reassess, like I could almost feel it coming and then it comes and I could just like look at it kind of from an outside perspective. I'm just kind of like looking at the thought and I'm like, huh, 
that's an interesting thought. Thank you for visiting me. But I choose not to think that anymore. And then, like you said, like figure out where it's coming from so that we can address that at the root. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. And it's just a much healthier way to live these days, particularly what, you know, with whatever we're going through with the pandemic and everything else. It's, it's, uh, much more freeing. And to me, it, it helps me embrace joy so much more, you know, um, yeah. like I'm not like as worried about finances anymore or about, you know, then, then what happens is when you let go of that concern, you're not picking up random people to work with who will only nickel and dime you and not care about building the relationship and everything right you to me I think I've become a lot smarter about pick you know working with the right people as well yeah absolutely and it's funny when you do detach like you mentioned it just comes to you right just very magically it just starts to come which is so incredible. And this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to share all of this. Is there anything that you, um, that we didn't speak about that you wanted to just share before we wrap things up? I think we did a good job of covering it just in terms of, you know, that headbutting against cultural traditions and, and also how that led to indirectly dealing with the chronic illness as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of women who are also dealing with chronic illnesses, especially um, in the era that we're living in now. I, multiple people have told me that they've noticed these starting to flare up in the past couple of years. So I'm really glad that we were able to speak about this. Also, the cultural traditions, because I know that's also something that um, people are dealing with working through right now as well. So thank you so much for this conversation. I know it's going to be helpful for so many people. And if um, the listeners want to connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that? I'm the most active on Instagram. So they can find me on Lillian Sue copywriter PR, and I will definitely send you all of the links and everything as well. Yeah. All of those will be in the show notes for very easy access. So thank you again for being here, Lillian. This was such a good conversation. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.